0: Off with the lights, Rapunzel! You are not leaving this tower ever! <sighs> Great. Now I'm the bad guy. Mother Gothel Tangled. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing.
1: Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Lee Esses. And I've been excited about this series since we first started talking about doing it last spring. For the month of October, we always like to delve a little bit into the darker, scarier, more monstrous side of stories. So we have done a whole series on different kinds of monsters, on how to do different kinds of magics. And in this series, we're focusing on the scariest monsters of all. Humans.
0: More specifically, the dark psychology that makes someone a villain, that makes someone evil in a story. So as a warning, there will be quite a few triggers all month long. We are going to be talking about domestic abuse. We are going to be talking about PTSD. We're going to be talking about different syndromes and mental complications that can lead someone to do terrible things.
1: Therefore, if you are listening to this episode with your parents, or if there are potential sensitive groups, have someone else listen to the episode first. We're going to be gentle about the whole thing, but we don't want to shy away from our understanding of how each of these pieces work, because we want authors to be able to portray each of these bits of dark psychology honestly. Also, we are
0: not psychologists. We are writers. We have done a lot of research, but we're not experts by any means within the field. So feel free to take what we say with a grain of salt. Do your own research into it, but this is about giving you a good basis to start in building those darker characters.
1: And of course, anytime you are portraying something like this in your novel, we do suggest you find a beta reader who is familiar with the topic. They'll help you filter your particular story to be more realistic. In today's case, we are talking about gaslighting. So the definition
0: from psychology today is that gaslighting is an insidious form of manipulation and psychological control. Victims of gaslighting are deliberately and systematically fed false information that leads them to question what they know to be true, often about themselves. They may end up doubting their memory, their perception, and even their sanity. Over time, a gaslighter's manipulations can grow more complex and potent, making it increasingly difficult for the victim to see the truth."
1: And that last bit is, over time, it's hard to tell fact from fiction, from the victim's point of view. That is going to be your main key in gaslighting your characters.
0: There are many, many examples within storytelling of this particular piece of psychology. The whole term comes from a 1938 play called Gaslight, where the woman's abusive husband manipulates her into believing she's going insane and using the gaslights in their home to make her question her sanity because he's dimming them and then telling her that they're not dim.
1: Another classic great example of gaslighting is how Mother Gothel treats Rapunzel, telling her that she's not good enough and lying to her about how she looks and what she's capable of doing. And then every time she sets up for Rapunzel's failure, she uses that setup to prove the point that she needs her mother when she's really ready to be on her own.
0: And Mother Gothel always twists it into. You're not obeying me, so you're making me the bad guy. This is your fault that I'm having to do this.
1: Unfortunately, this term of gaslighting is commonly misused. I see on social media a lot of people misattributing what gaslighting is. It's not simply lying to someone, but lying to someone in order to convince them not to trust their own mind, their own memory, their own experiences. It goes deeper than simply lying to someone. It goes deeper than
0: manipulating someone. This is all about those manipulations being used viciously to change the victim's mindset and the way they see the world.
1: One of my favorite quotes from the TV show Lost was that crazy people don't think they're going crazy. They think they're getting saner. In this particular case, When one character is convincing another character that they're crazy, they're kind of leaning into that because they're saying, you don't think you're crazy, but the rest of us know you are. There are some key traits in both the victim and the perpetrator in this particular scenario that we want to go over. These are useful when writing these types of characters and this particular situation.
0: The first one is that the perpetrator, the one doing the manipulation, Has a motive. They must have a motive for what they're doing. It's usually to make the victim submissive to them, to exert absolute control over them. But it can also be a way to elevate themselves in the eyes of other people, to maybe say that it's a self sacrificing thing that they're taking care of this poor woman whose mind is breaking.
1: The perpetrator will also directly and knowingly lie to the victim about something apparent to everyone involved. To
0: use our example from our quote today, I thought first of Rapunzel when she's saying, I want to go see the lights, and Mother Gothel's like, oh, the stars. And she's like, no. And Mother Gothel's still insistent that those are just stars, that that's not a fantastical event The other part of that is that there is going to be a lot of shifting of blame. So if bad things do happen or when bad things do happen, instead of it being the perpetrator's fault, it's the victim's fault. And that is, again, Mother Gothel saying, you are making me the bad guy because you're making these choices. I am forced to make these actions because you aren't listening to me.
1: There's also a lot of, you think you told me this, or you think this interaction happened when it didn't. So the fact that you can't have a party with your friends tonight because you never told me about the party, even though the conversation did happen. That it only happened in your head, now you're making me look like the bad guy for calling off the party when you never told me about it to begin with. And in actuality, they had, they're just gaslighting them.
0: One of the other main motivations is something that's actually used a lot outside of this in other situations of domestic abuse, and that is isolation. It is a way to cut the victim off from a different support system. If you make them think that they're not mentally there, it's a way to convince them, oh, you shouldn't go out with your friends because you're not feeling well tonight your mind is playing tricks on you, it's not safe. So you're starting to cut them off from that so that the perpetrator's story is the only story they have access to.
1: The perpetrator is making sure the only story that the victim is hearing is their version of the story. No, your friends don't want to hang out with you. Even though he had turned around and told the friends, she doesn't want to hang out with you guys. He is 100% controlling that narrative. Keep in mind, this is a very slow process.
0: It has to start with the victim learning to trust the perpetrator. If the victim doesn't trust the perpetrator before this starts, then they're very likely to walk away and ignore all of the attempts at the gaslighting. But if they trust that person in what they say and how they're saying it, then they're going to start questioning themselves. But their trust in the other person has to be stronger than the trust in themselves.
1: This is why it's especially common for a spouse or a boyfriend, girlfriend, or family members to be gaslighters, not necessarily some random person off the street. Another thing that perpetrators will do, and this is essential to write into this story, is to throw in positive reinforcement. Telling Rapunzel she's beautiful. Complimenting her and then turning around and isolating her. These bits of positive reinforcement convince the victim that the perpetrator is actually on their side. It makes all of those mental gymnastics, all of those excuses to themselves about the perpetrator, make more sense. Because if I really am this bad person and this crazy person, then this is the only person I can rely on to love me in spite of that. The perpetrator has to give some positive reinforcement there in order for that to work. Again, it's that trust. With that positive reinforcement, it is a
0: way to build that trust between them, even as everything else they're doing is trying to break it down. You may have noticed as we've talked about the different key traits in this that a lot of them are very similar to other forms of domestic abuse. We will be getting further into the topic of just general
1: domestic abuse in our next episode. When you're writing gaslighting, this has to be the majority of your plot. Yes, Rapunzel is off adventuring with Flynn Rider and discovering herself and all of that but a lot of her character growth comes in conquering the emotional connection she has with Gothel. It's very difficult to do this on a small scale in your story. So I definitely advise you to do lots of research on it. Go watch Tangled. Have fun with it. And you have my permission to kind of smile at how cunning Gothel is. Because that will help you write your perpetrator as well as your victim. They did a fantastic job of
0: building out that psychology behind that character. This kind of psychology for a villain is very useful in a thriller or a mystery of some kind. But again, it can be as wide variety as a children's fantasy show. It works everywhere. You just make sure you do the research, look into the specifics, and
1: write selfishly.
0: If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at
1: com, or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing.